so. You slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get a little more sleep. And if you do need to snooze, we would much rather you did that in a premeditated fashion, in a place of your choosing, than in our pews in the middle of the sermon. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. Now, you'll still miss out on some things, like your neighbor elbowing you to wake you up. (laughs) Or the community that forms around you and with you. Maybe so you'll miss the music and some adorable children's responses to the questions at children's time. And we won't be able to give you cookies, but we'll give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada, the biggest little city in the world. We are not theological experts or perfect preachers or homiletical harbingers of a new age, which means people who are on the cutting edge of preaching. We're your average pastors. We help our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast so that if you're away from home or working or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon one of us preached on Sunday. So whenever it is that you're listening to this, and we're currently recording May 20th, and yet it is July 24th. So, you know, clearly we think that the word speaks no matter when you're listening to it, whenever you're listening to it. We hope that you will receive this with an open mind and an open heart. And we're serious about that open mind. We expect that you will not always agree with us. In fact, we hope that you will integrate and think and come up with what you think. But in the midst of all of that, we most hope that you will experience the loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So this was Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost. Pentecost Pentecost means 50 days. 50 days Uh, since Easter. Actually not a Christian holiday. Nope, Jewish It's a Jewish holiday. So it it was the 50 days that Moses spent on the top of the mountain with God, after which he came down with the Ten Commandments. And so it's really about how do we live together in community. In the scripture, it says that the disciples were gathering for Pentecost. So it wasn't like they they were like, let's have a holiday for Christianity. (laughs) No, no. Christianity didn't exist. They were Jewish. They were gathering for a Jewish holiday to celebrate the Ten Commandments which was a way of saying this is how we live together in community when we're not owned by anybody else. It was a celebration of freedom. It was a celebration of community. It was sort of a reaffirmation of the things that help them to live in integrity with one another. So the disciples are gathering for this. this, So it's still a pretty significant event. It's a significant event. And they're gathering for this and they have this experience of the Holy Spirit being among them. And they said it was, it was almost like, the roaring of wind and flames on on everybody's heart and everybody started to speak in different ways about who Jesus had been and what the life of Jesus meant. And because of that, people were able to hear the story in a different way. In fact, people were so excited about what was going on that the people around them thought they were drunk at nine o'clock in the morning. I don't think it's unreasonable or unheard of to be drunk at nine o'clock in the morning. But there's a time and a place for everything, everything. and Pentecost and was not, was not the, the moment. It for was this. not a drunk holiday. No, okay. it was the good, good the, clarification. The drunk Jewish holiday is Purim. <laughs> that's <laughs> yes, the one where exactly. you get drunk. Exactly. It's this wild moment where the spirit is moving through a tradition mm-hmm. in some ways that are surprising, and that change the course of the work that the disciples do. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting after the resurrection of Jesus. They've been waiting because Jesus said, wait, you'll know when. Yeah. And this is the moment. This is the moment. This might be it. This might be it. Well, I mean, they've been sort of on tenderhooks the whole time. They've been waiting. And all of a sudden, they realize that they have what they need to do what they need to do. And they go with it. And so this is the story of Pentecost. Well, the scripture reading for us was not the story of Pentecost. 
because it was also confirmation. Mm -hmm. And the chosen reading, the gospel reading for Confirmation Sunday, Pentecost Sunday this year, is the story of a guy named Nicodemus Mm -hmm. who goes Mm -hmm. to visit Jesus in the middle of the night. Right. He's kind of an important dude. Uh, He's a Pharisee. And the Pharisees were generally anti-Jesus. And so the fact that this one Pharisee was like, I'm going to go check out what this guy is saying and meets up with Jesus when nobody will know that that's what he's doing. is kind of scandalous. So he shows up and he starts to talk to Jesus about the law and Jesus, he's asking Jesus, Rabbi, we all know that you're a teacher, that you're blessed by God. No one could do all of the God revealing acts that you do if God wasn't in on it. And Jesus says, you're right. <laughs> Bingo. Uh, da um, And then he says, I'm glad unless, you got it. Nobody else seems to be getting it. Unless a person is born from above, it is not possible to see what I'm pointing to. Mm-hmm. And Nicodemus is bamboozled by this. And he says, how can anybody be born from above? You can't be born again once you're grown up. And Jesus says, you're not listening to me. Unless you submit to the original creation to the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, baptism into a new life, you're going to miss what's going on with God in this world here and now, which we call the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. You're going to miss it. A baby is just a baby, but a person who is formed by the spirit becomes a living spirit. Right. He says, don't be surprised when I tell you you got to be born from above. Uh, and I'm honestly a little bit shocked, Nicodemus, that you're a Pharisee that you spend all this time studying God's law and God's word and God's prophecy and poetry and that you don't understand what it means to be moved by the spirit. Right. It's an interesting teaching moment in the life of in the life of Jesus and in the life of Nicodemus and it's an interesting teaching moment for us because when we hear born from above or born again, we think of a particular emotional experience that some people have where they feel the assurance of God in their lives. They feel like they are forgiven. They feel like they are, they use the word saved a lot. And there's sort of this assumption that if you have experienced that, then you're going to heaven. And if you haven't experienced that, then you're going to hell. And there's something that you're doing wrong. Right. You're not penitent enough or you're not. Right. If you haven't had that experience, you you must be broken. You must be broke. Something wrong with you. So I wanted to unpack that a little bit because I know that all of our kids are confirmation kids have been experiencing life of faith in our church. And when they grow up and go into college or go to the military or go do whatever they're going to do, they're going to run into people who say, well, that's not church. Like church can't have X, Y, or Z. Right. Fill in the blank. Whatever you've heard. We've heard a lot of them. You can't have a gay youth director. You can't march in pride. You can't do this. You can't do that. And one of my favorite things to hear is I didn't know church could do that. Right. Because I think that one of the tricks that we fall into is thinking that church is the institution. When really church is the movement of people who are open to being moved by the spirit. Yep. So uh, we talked a little bit about what church is mm-hmm. and what we think of when we think of church. We think of the building. We think of the giant Bible on the lectern. We think <laughs> of the giant brass cross on the table. But that's not church. Church is not contained in a building. And certainly the spirit of God is not contained in a building. In fact, the images in scripture for the spirit of God are things like wind and breath and fire and cloud and water and wine and dove and all of these things yeah. that have a vitality and a mm-hmm. movement and a and a life force right in them that is not cold stone and dried ink nope 
And so when we contrast that with the stone and the brick and the books and all of that, what we realize is that a lot of what we think about church is actually idolatry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That our goal is to be in tune with the spirit. And sometimes we get hung up in the idolatry of church instead of in the movement of the spirit of God. Uh, We have a new DS, a district superintendent. His name's Blake Busick. Hi, Hi, Blake. Blake. And he's not listening to this. And every time I say that, by the way, oh, Mark Cordes, he's not listening to this. Somebody who knows Mark Cordes or somebody who knows Blake Busick will call them and say, did you know you showed up on the podcast this week? Yeah, I did tell Blake we were doing this. Great. Hi, Blake. Blake asks pastors, I think, a really interesting question. He says, what do you think is keeping the United Methodist Church from being a movement instead of an institution? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really great question for us to consider. Like, what do we need to let go of so that we are actually moved by the Spirit, so that Mm -hmm. our lives are transformed, and therefore we are able to help transform the world into God's preferred future, which is a place where everybody belongs and everybody contributes and everybody is loved and welcome and serves and blah, 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 blah. Everyone. No exceptions. Right. Right. And I could list off all the categories of people, but I get bored doing that. So I just mean everybody. I mean- Just gives us a headache. All means all. Right? Right. What is it that we're doing that we're not letting ourselves be invigorated and animated and and purified and able to hold space for mystery so that love can flow and look like joy and peace and harmony and justice and all the things that we care about? What is it that we need to be able to change? Right. And so what I was telling the confirmation kids in this sermon and what I'm hoping the rest of the congregation is also listening to is church doesn't have to be the way it's always been, Mm -hmm. which is something they hear me say all the time anyway. Right. Church doesn't have to be what it's always been. And if there is something in the world that gives you deep passion, deep joy, deep love, that that might be an indicator of where the Spirit of God is actually moving. And that doesn't mean it's incompatible with church. It just means that you are already the church. Yeah. And when you do those things, you are the church doing those things. You are an agent of the Spirit. Yep. And it it might look a little... Distinct. You know, one of the things that I believe is that the reason the spiritual but not religious thing is picking up so much steam is because churches have failed at the idolatry front, that we have something really important and vital that people need. I think that there are some recent elections that show that people are looking for a savior Mm -hmm. and we have failed to show them our savior. Right. The one that helps us to be empowered to do the work instead of looking for a hero to save us. And what I wanted to to tell my congregation and the kids was to be consistent in those things that are important and being loving and justice-oriented is not to be complacent. Right. It's not just to sit back and go, oh, I love you. Consistency is not complacency. That we have to keep moving. We have to be open to where the Spirit is pushing us. And so the majority of the sermon was just us watching a music video because I thought the kids would... What music video would that be, Chris? It's from one of my favorite Canadian musicians and poets. His name Uh. is Drake. (laughs) And he's the most adorable rapper. I don't know how you get that title. Like, to be the most adorable rapper, but he is definitely the most... He's definitely adorable. He's the most adorable rapper. And the reason I, I have seen this video, I don't listen to a lot of, like, popular music, but the reason I've seen this video is because I was with a friend in New Orleans and she showed me a video her kids reenact music videos and her daughter seven-year-old daughter Jamie Grace loves to impersonate shout out to Jamie Grace shout out to Jamie Grace she's not listening to this either (laughs) Um, 
loves to impersonate one of the guys in the video. And so Kim was like, you have to watch this. And then you have to watch Jamie Craze doing like her impersonation of this. And it was hilarious. But when I was watching the video, I just thought like, man, this, this works. Like this preaches. This preaches. So I'm going to put a link to the music video in the show notes. So go to sundaymorningsleepin.com and go to this episode on the blog post and you will find the video, the music video. I'll also post it up on the Facebook page so you can find it there. But we're just going to tell you a little bit about the video. So the video starts off with just white font on a black screen. And it says that the studio gave, or the production company gave Drake just under a million dollars to create an amazing music video. And they gave most of it away. Right, he said we gave it all away. They gave it all away. And so... P.S. Don't tell the music company. Yeah, don't don't tell the production company or whatever. Um, So he goes around and he just kind of like... Sometimes it's like he hands out cash. Sometimes he goes into a place where you would expect the people who are maybe shopping there are on the lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum and just says everything you're buying today is free. Yeah. So people are not worried about like, do I have enough for toilet paper this month? They're like, but they're, they're just shoveling it in. Everything goes into the carts because it's like this little moment of grace for them. There's, he gives out giant checks for scholarships and to support after school programs and buses and toys for these programs and for the kids in these programs. He goes into a shopping mall and finds these three young women and just says, shopping's free on me. Go for it, guys. He gives cars. He drives up to a bus station, like a bus stop where people are waiting, I think maybe to catch a bus to go to work or whatever. And he just gives away cars. And it cha- that's really a life-changing thing. That is a life-changing thing. I was just watching an episode of Jane the Virgin where her father, who is a famous telenovela star, buys her a car. And she is offended by this gift because... She's happy taking the bus and it's too much and da 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 da. And it's a big, meaningless gesture. Right. And he has this moment where he says, To me, it's not meaningless. I couldn't afford to buy a car until I was 35. And it means a lot to me that I can save you the time that you need to do the work that you're doing because I believe in the work that you're doing. It means a lot to me that I can help you do that work, even if it's just a car. Like, that's, that's a big deal. He kind of just gives a million dollars away in big chunks and little chunks to people. Like, he at one point goes up in a park. There's families sitting in a park. And there's one that's like a, a single mom and her son. And we don't know what their story is. But he gives them a fat wad of cash, and they both immediately burst into tears. Um, or a family where there's um, two parents and, like, four kids. And you could just see the worry on their brows and he sits down they're all looking the other direction he sits down and nobody notices that he's there for a little while which is also very like the holy spirit right right um and, and the little girl notices him the little girl notices him first she's then, the lucy of this family and then she like taps her mom and her mom and her mom screams and falls off the step she's sitting on and uh, and he gives them cash and then at the end of the video you get to hear a little bit of their story which is that the dad has been looking for work for a long time and there's just nothing and so they really needed a little help and a little yeah. help goes a long way And so he just kind of goes through all of these places where people might need a little bit of hope, a little bit of joy, and he brings it. Yeah. Uh, And the words are are pretty great too. So I encourage you. What's your favorite line, Chris? Um, There's a, (laughs) my favorite line is not like the most spirit filled line in the whole thing, but it's hilarious where she says, do you love me? I say only partly. I only love my bed and my mama. I'm sorry. (laughs) And I'm like, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good line. Um, pretty but it, good line. I, you know, like you could look, you could deconstruct it and it's really about not having sort of meaningless relationships, yeah. but really knowing what your priorities are 
Right. And like taking care of yourself and taking care of your family. Like I think those are both good things. Yep. But I only love my bed and my mama is such a catchy line. And it is. It gets stuck in my head. I also like the part where he talks about peace, like inner Mm -hmm. calmness Mm -hmm. doesn't come easily to him. Right. And so he's very, it's sort of like he's describing how he chooses what, what to engage with and what not to engage with. Yeah. And it, sometimes he feels good and sometimes he doesn't feel good, but the work is the same. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's Christianity, right? Yep. It's not about how you feel all the time. It's about what you do. So that was the sermon. Susan, cool. what was your favorite part of the video? The mom uh-huh. falling off the step. I like the mom falling off the step. I like Jamie Grace impersonating the guy the best, I do. I, I haven't even seen the video of Jamie Grace doing that, and I can imagine how amazing it is. She's pretty good. She's pretty good. She's pretty good. Yeah, you know, I I just love the like the him kind of sneaking up on people. Yeah, you know, like like that that kind of image or like the grocery store scene where he just stands up and they're all like, oh, it's it's oh, him, it's Drake, yeah, right. And then and then he's like, it's all free today. And then he's like, you see him like helping this kid shop. Yeah, like you know? making sure he puts the things in his cart that he's gonna need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, it's just that it's, it's like, not and it's not not just it's not just that you do these things at a, at a distance, but you also do them up close and personal. Up close and personal. And he says, uh, what would happen if I never met the Broskis? Right? Like, what, what would have happened to these families if they hadn't had this little moment of grace? Yeah. So another reminder for us to just have some grace for each other. Yeah. So anyway, God's plan was my, wh- where do you see the spirit moving in the world? Well, how about when the church fails and we can't always take care of everybody. How about a rapper giving away a million dollars that could have made a really cool music video and right. making a really cool music video, video anyway. in the process. Yeah. With some cars that are reasonable and practical. <laughs> yeah, no, the cars definitely don't have 20 inch rims. They're just commuters. They'll get you where you need you to go. go. Yep, yep. Well, thank you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleeping Podcast. If you have questions for us, stories, topics, um, shoot us an email, sundaymorningsleeping at gmail.com or find us on at our website at sundaymorningsleeping.com or Facebook at Sunday Morning Sleeping, all the normal places you can find a podcast. The scripture for this podcast is John 3 verses 1 through 9. And the theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. It's traditional at the end of a worship service for the priest to deliver a blessing to the congregation. Some wise words that make everybody just a little bit holier. I'm going to suggest you check out Drake's music video. I'm going to suggest that maybe the spirit is moving all around you and there are opportunities for you to share grace with people, even if you don't have a million dollars. Opportunities to share some joy and some peace and some care for the people around you. I think that that's a, probably a pretty good place to start because God cares for you. So whatever you choose to believe about whatever we've been talking about, the real question is how are you going to live into your own skin this week? How will you love? How will you listen? How will you serve? How will you seek justice? Because maybe you slept in, but now it's time to wake up and get moving. Spirit's running on ahead. Go on and catch up now. Amen. Amen. Bad things. It's a lot of bad things that they wishing and wishing and wishing and wishing. They wishing on me. Yeah. Yeah. Bad things. It's a lot of bad things that they wish and 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 they